Red Hawks. Yeah, I had a Red Hawks slide. I don't know if I tell lies in any of that. You, uh, you actually did lie. Oh, no. The H is capitalized. Shit. I'm going to correct that. Thank you. That's why you're a collaborator. <laughs> well, hopefully one day I'll make it on Friday Night Live, because all I've heard is that Friday Night Live with Devin with Fry. Devin Fry. <laughs> yeah. I heard that again last night. I got so upset. Idiots. Oh. Uh, we should be good mic-wise, because we had this set up on Saturday. So, we should be okay. Did you check into it for huh? testing for it? I will not. <laughs> I just don't, I don't want to make it where we finish the whole thing and it sounds like ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take two. Bison win their season opener 35 to 10. We're sitting pretty. In the 18th college football game in the United States Bank Stadium. <laughs> United States Bank. United States Bank. I mean, that is what it is. You can make a joke all they want. Let's get this. The Vikings one. are the real Patriots of the league. <laughs> yeah. New England commies take the field. That's them. There they are. All right. Let's get this over with. <laughs> Don't be too excited. <laughs> I created this thing, and it's ruining my life. I left my phone in the seat, but whatever. All right. And we're live. Not really. It's in three. Welcome into another edition of the Valley News Live Sports Overtime Podcast. Call us Wyoming and Texas Tech, because we're going into overtime. Double overtime, I get to be fact. Wyoming. <laughs> You're, you're Texas Tech. Don't make me be the Red Raiders. <laughs> Shout out to Craig Bull, former Bison coach, winning that game for Wyoming. It took me 30 seconds to get sidetracked as we started if, this podcast. If anyone watching was wondering why the uh, the weekend show was as late as it was, it was thanks to that game. So yeah. uh, not, not affected us because we were all home and uh, going to bed then. We're uh, going to be turning our focus, of course, the big story of the week, first things first. North Dakota State opening up the season in victorious fashion. Defeating Eastern Washington 35 to 10, that that was one of the cooler experiences of my career. I love any time we get to go to these kind of destination games, and just seeing you know 22,000 members of Bison Nation in that building was it was a remarkable atmosphere. And then of course we thankfully didn't have to have any awkward post-game press conferences because they no. won, so everything was great. No, <laughs> it, it was good, and it was um, one of those things where. I mean, I've been to a few Vikings games, able to cover one, go to games as fans. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of different ways. And to be down there in the field, you sort of have the first thought of, like, you're looking up at different sections and saying, well, the top section in there, I don't see a lot. And you sort of have that feeling of, oh, maybe not. And then when you actually get down on the field, yep. the noise level was it was loud. way more than even I expected. And I know Bison Faithful are loud. We've, we've been in the Fargo <laughs> Dome. We've, we've heard them. But to see it on this level and with 4,000 more fans than the Fargo Dome can even hold – getting that level of intensity in a game where even going into it, we know we talked about Eastern Washington being this perennial FCS power, right. but then over the last few years kind of faltering on that. Obviously last season was not very good for them, and they, they had some fans there. Again, yeah, for how no, there far was a, away, good little, a good little section of red down yes, there. Yes, for, for how incredibly difficult it is for them to get there. It, it was a decent showing from a team that is far away, and – to get that level of noise, and heck, even from them, the visitor section yeah. had a little noise in there too when they were able to get their first touchdown in to make it 14-7. Uh, but to get that going a little bit was appreciated just to see the fans really showing out and showing up for a Labor Day weekend, three and a half hours away. There's yeah. a lot of 
roadblocks. Yes. But to get that level and in that there, construction by St. Cloud that we ran into, there were a lot of literal roadblocks. There, there were. That was not <laughs> ideal, but <laughs> I, I I don't miss the drive. But everything about this no. week, everything else about this weekend was great. Uh, North Dakota State, of course, winning thirty-five to ten, as I already said, uh, that was the first college game in U.S. Bank Stadium. We were there for that. How cool was that? That's which the fun. the coolest part about it, which I had no idea they were doing this until we got there, was they put the full bison like leaping logo yeah. at the 25 yard lines yep. um at, at, sort of i don't want to say surrounded but i guess adjacent to the the main vikings logo at midfield so yeah i wasn't it was expecting cool to add that. that it was very cool though uh, it felt like a home game there for sure <laughs> and was, the graphics were very ndsue which i like they're good graphics packages i don't know if it's a standard they'll have for this season but uh, just as a, someone who likes graphic design yeah. it looked it looked it very looks, good it looked cool it was nice to have them you know having that extra effort in that was uh just looked good um let's but, talk about more nerdy stuff the bison <laughs> stuff in the vikings font was very cool. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> like neat. It just they had um, the graphics. It just had NDSU, EWU up there with the scores and everything. And it was uh, it was cool to see. I, I appreciated that. And it was um, just, I bet it was an even better time for the fans who showed up. There was a lot of green and gold in there. Uh, a lot a lot more than a lot of Vikings fans would like to see green and gold. <laughs> yeah, not, that's Bank not usually Stadium. a good thing. Speaking of green and, gold, green and gold in U.S. Bank Stadium, Christian Watson was on the sideline. Right next to us. <laughs> yeah, he was just hanging out with us the entire time. It was yeah, cool. It was, it was we became neat. best friends during that show. Or during that game, so Super tight. that's that's us, us and Christian <laughs> Watson. Um, and I'm sure he liked what he saw from the Bison offense, uh, which, you know, you never know what you're gonna get offensively because with a team that likes to run the ball that much, and we never know like what what kind of year they're gonna have. They started the year with about 500 yards, uh, 337 on the ground, which is as North Dakota State as you could possibly get, and 176 passing yards. Cam Miller. Uh, Completed 18 of his 24 passes for 174 yards and two tuds. He also ran it for 83 yards, including uh, I think it was like a 15-yard touchdown that he just dove right over the pile on. And no <laughs> way should he have been able to do that. No, he could, normal the, the body control was insane. Could not. And so for him to get that in, I mean, we we I actually I don't I think that was after we had we had we were up, our stuff. So we, we were up, up in the uh, uh, up in the uh, press box at that point. One guy but who we did get we had a great a touchdown of. Cole Payton. How about Cole Payton? Who had one heck of a day on the ground with uh, six carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. And now with both him and T-Mac, who we'll talk about in a minute, the, mm -hmm. a little bit, I don't want to say inflated, but a little bit inflated by by a monster run. One massive run, there. yeah. And, um, um, I, I can't remember how much, how long that 70. single is, 70 yards? 70. Uh, Second longest uh, rushing touchdown by an NDSU quarterback in the D1 era. The only one that did a longer one was Easton Stick which I wasn't expecting that name because we've had Trey Lance and Carson Wentz <laughs> who are known for their legs. But uh, no, Easton Stick ran in one from 80 yards in the uh, mm -hmm. in the Division One era as well. So, And then, yeah, you mentioned Tamaric Williams a little bit. 13 carries for 97 yards. A good chunk of those yards came on the second touchdown of the game where he broke six tackles and hurtled over a guy on his way to the end zone from 60 yards out. Last season with the Destin Talbert block field goal returned for a touchdown that was in that Drake game where Drake scored first and we were kind of like, What's Maybe happening? not upset, but more kind of like, oh, that's weird. That's and it was a strange start, and then you had that play, and then it was like, boom, okay, yep. they're back in business. And, of course, the rest of the game went as expected. But that kind of play from T-Max sort of busted it open. Again, NDSU took that 14 nothing lead with that touchdown. Then Eastern Washington got back in with a really great touchdown of their own to make it 14-7. And then the wheels started coming off. It was clear NDSU was in control. Even the mood after the game was very much like, Happy they won. I mean, there was there was a yeah. little emotion, yeah. but it was also very much like, all right, back to business. Got Maine next week. Who Maine? We'll, we'll get more into them, but they looked pretty decent this weekend. Maine so did it's, look solid. It's it's 
it's a good way to just get a ball rolling. They have the sort of dark cloud that is mostly behind them, but it's still kind of there a little bit of the national title game because it's the first time you've actually really seen action since. Right. And they just want to put that behind them and move on. And you really can't do it better than just having a very clean victory. Is that just a clean, right. solid, easy, at least mentally easy victory <laughs> yes. in this one? And then defensively, the, the star of the show was a man who was playing a new position for the first time, uh, Cole Wisniewski. He uh, was playing safety for the first time. He had 11 tackles, an an interception, and a big pass breakup. Um, He's been named Missouri Valley Football Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Um, Mm -hmm. Getting 11 tackles at the safety position, you're you're called a safety. You're not supposed to get that, so that's very impressive. Uh, Good work there by the Bison. Uh, We're gonna hear a little bit more from Coach Entz coming up in a second, but first we got to talk about who they have coming up next. North Dakota State getting ready to open things up at home uh, against Maine. Now the Black Bears are, especially for me, kind of a big question mark coming into the year. I don't necessarily know much about Maine. I don't tend to pay attention to the Maine Black Bears, and that's that's on me. Uh, <laughs> I need to uh, start paying more attention to Maine. But we know that uh, in week one they had a close game against an FBS team. They only lost to Florida International by two points. Which so, Florida International is not exactly the premier level of FBS football, but right, they are right. FBS football, exactly. and that kind of stuff does matter. And um, even just to look up their last year's schedule, they ended up finishing – Ninth overall in uh, in the conference, which is Conference USA, mm-hmm. and which is now, I mean, we saw Conference USA and American Association, American, I'm thinking baseball, <laughs> American uh, Athletic Conference, uh, both those conferences changing up pretty significantly going into this season with realignment and the death of our love of college football, which <laughs> FBS college football. Um, yet another reason to love FCS, just with all that disaster going on. But in, in this, they ended up going four and eight days in uh, uh, the Panthers. Um, not too great of a season overall, obviously, but going into this game still looked like a pretty decent team. And then Maine really giving them a run for their money, playing in a good game. And you see a team like Maine, and it's a team that Bison have to prepare in a different way for. They've never played Maine ever. Right. Brand new opponent for them. How which, rare is that that we get to see a first ever matchup? We had it with North Carolina A&T last year, but uh, it doesn't. Yeah. NDSU has kind of run the gauntlet of these FCS teams and so going and, up against new teams is always fun and Maine is a team that's really gonna they, they distributed the ball really well too their their top receiver in terms of amount of receptions is only six and yep. that guy only had 48 yards so again they have a lot of chip plays top rusher at 24 attempts for 110 yards and two touchdowns and the quarterback 21 for 43 they, 213 yards I was impressed by that they threw the ball 43 times and then also had a freshman running back get 108 yards but 21 catches so, though that's a big yeah that's almost a positive in a way for NDSU to see that either which of course we don't weren't watching film of it but we're not entirely sure how much of that is a lot of miss passes or right. drop passes or just good defense or but but having that many passing attempts at only 21 is a little concerning. Again, for 213 is not super great. He was sacked three times, so that's a little bit of good news for the Bison uh, defensive front, who uh, Will Mostert had uh, two quarterback hits but no sacks. He actually didn't get a tackle in the wow. game. Wow. Um, but I'm sure that he's going to get more, obviously. There was good pressure up front. They, the the yeah. Eastern Washington got rid of the ball very quickly on yes. most of their plays, and uh, we saw Kakoa Vesperas be able to – move around on his feet quite well as well. So looking out for Isaiah Henderson looks like one of the best main defenders. He got two sacks for 15 total yards or two tackle for loss, 15 total yards 
one sack for eight, a forced fumble, and five total tackles. So, so he was running through that FIU offensive line. Yeah, they got so. they got some solid guys, got some good QB hits. It, um, it should be an interesting game. Uh, good to get back in the Fargo Dome. That's obviously going to help a lot just to have that home presence again. That right. it, I mean, it's obviously great getting out to neutral site, but an actual home presence. Yes. You get to sleep in your own beds, which let That's me tell big. you, as a former player, makes a massive difference. Those mm -hmm. hotel beds are never too comfy. Um, and so, yeah, no, we, that's what we have seen about this upcoming ma matchup. And now let's hear from head coach Matt Entz from his weekly press conference about, of course, the win on Saturday and then going forward against Maine. Good afternoon. Good to see everyone. Uh, always uh, a good Monday when you come in here after a, after a victory. But prior to diving into maybe a recap of the game or anything, want to uh, bring your attention to uh, kind of a plan that's been put in place uh, administratively and kind of through the football program uh, for this upcoming week against Maine. Uh, due to the, the timing of it on September 9th, uh, just it's how close it is to September 11th, uh, from a football standpoint, from an administration, we are going to celebrate all first responders, uh, especially those that are in our local community. Um, thought it would be a, a way for us just to, to recognize them. Um, we will have uh, Officer Dotis, Officer Hawes, and Officer Robinson will do the coin toss. Um, three members of Fargo PD. Uh, the parents of Jake Wallen, Walling, excuse me, uh, have been invited to attend the game as well. Uh, and one of the unique things we've tried to do, we have nearly a dozen players on our football team currently uh, that have parents that are, serve in fire police, for sheriff, EMT, some sort of first responder. Uh, and we are in the process right now of trying to collect a hat from all of their organizations. So at some point during the game, you'll probably see either a coach or maybe, a, maybe another quarterback on the sideline wearing one of their hats. And then uh, the last thing we're going to do, uh, traditionally we have the bison on the back of the helmet. And this week we're going to go with Fargo. Uh, just an opportunity for us to continue to celebrate uh, our local area. Um, this is Fargo's team, not only the state of North Dakota and the upper Midwest, but um, there's a lot of positives. Uh, Fargo is a, it's an easy sell when you talk to recruits. Um, it's been a tremendous home for me the last 10 years. Uh, I know our players enjoy every minute of it, um, even with the fact that you have an extra month of winter at times. But uh, it, it's a good place to be, and there's a ton of support and tradition, and um, our fans make it second to none. It's 101 programs and so wanted to get that out there before uh, I'll let you guys ask questions about it but jumping back to, to eastern Washington uh, a lot of positives definitely some things that we can continue to work on uh, some of the positives plus one in the turnover margin uh, that's always critical uh, and then you along with that the 10 change of possessions that we were able to create defensively uh, enabled us to have 34 minutes time of possession uh, we were able to win the trenches, I felt. We were able to run the ball over almost eight yards per carry uh, and limit them under three yards per carry. Completed 70% of our passes. Uh, and then we're, you know, situationally, we're three for three in the red zone, 60% completion, uh, or excuse me, 60% um, on third down conversions. And so there was a lot, of, a lot of benefits, a lot of positives. Explosive plays, we won that battle, 14 to five. Uh, we need to continue to... to eliminate those defensively, but still for us to be able to get some explosive plays in game one uh, was exciting. And I know our players are excited about where we're at. Um, all we've done is set the standard. Now each week we got to continue to try to push that standard, find ways to get a little bit better, and that'll be, that'll be the, the challenge as, a, as the head football coach and our coaching staff. We need to avoid uh, being comfortable, being complacent, 
uh, and allowing ego to get involved. Uh, it's only, it's one game and we need to move on. And hopefully I think we have the right leadership in our locker room uh, that will avoid those temptations. Uh, when you look at the number of seniors, we have the quality captains we have right now, uh, but that's something that I'm going to continue to echo to those guys as well. Uh, there was things that we got to clean up. There, 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 we two, two plays during the course of the game. We only had 10 players on the field. Uh, we had uh, a couple of, of intolerable penalties, false start. We covered up a receiver that took away about a 34, almost a 40-yard pass during the course of the game. So it wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, and I think we can be better fundamentally, maintaining blocks, getting off blocks, tackling. Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. I'm excited about it. Um, and, and hopefully you can hear that in my voice. Uh, this, is, this, this was a good step, but it wasn't the final step to where we want to be. And uh, that's just the best, best football team we can be. I'll open it up for questions. Look back at the at the game from Saturday. Kind of, what were your thoughts on the the guys in the backfield? You know, Tamaric Williams, T.K. Marshall, Barika. Kind of, what are your thoughts on their performance? Last really week? pleased. Um, I think the one you, you can't forget Owen Johnson's run. I Man, that might have been one of the highlights of the game. I, I was right there on the side. I thought he was down about four times before he was down. Uh, that was a tremendous run. But all four of those guys uh, run with a purpose. All of them can be three back down or uh, three ba three down backs. Excuse me. Uh, they, they can be in there in protection, uh, you know, even with their youthfulness or, or maybe just not as much experience. Barika and, and, and Owen have great understanding of what we're doing from a protection standpoint. Uh, you know, man, those guys carried the ball high and tight. They, they ran behind their pads, uh, were physical when they needed to be. Um, really excited. I think, I think we're only scratching the surface. We've got to find ways to get multiple backs on the field. Uh, again, force teams to have to defend every corner of the field. This week, look, as far as the preparation aspect goes, you know, obviously a film on this year from Maine. Uh, it's your first true home game. How different do things look preparing for this game as opposed to, say, a week ago? Well, it's, it's a little bit it, – it's a little of the same. Uh, yes, we do have one game, uh, but the, offensively, it's the first – they've only had one game with this coordinator right now. And so there are some things we got to, you know, chase, chase around a little bit. He was at the University of Nebraska for a couple of years, so trying to kind of look into some things that they might have done there. Uh, I think he was there during the 21 season when you know, there was some transitioning in, in staff. So, um, again, I'm sure they didn't show everything uh, week one, uh, but they played, a, they played a really good football game. Uh, you know, FIU, uh, FBS program, uh, that's on the turnaround a little bit, but they went down to Miami and, and competed with them for four quarters, had an opportunity, had the ball with probably about six minutes left and, and moving, uh, and just ran out of time and ran out of downs, I should say. Uh, and, you know, FIU got a big stop, but they were in the red zone a couple times, came away with nothing. I know there was a turnover in, in the red zone, missed a field goal. So it, it's, it's a very good football team. Uh, they're going to challenge us with more personnel groupings than what we saw a week ago. Uh, so we're going to have to do a really good job of trying to match that with the right personnel defensively as well. And then defensively probably have shown, you know, kind of who they are a little bit, but I, I got to believe they'll have something different for the Bison. It seems like everyone does. Um, but I, I, I know our players are excited. We talked about it after the game. Uh, get an opportunity to play Maine here at home. Home opener uh, is, is always exciting. Is it is there a tough reset that has to happen after opening your season in a pro stadium in front of a crowd that size? Kind of how difficult is it to kind of snap back to regular season mode, getting ready to play in the Fargo Dome? I don't think so. I think, I think our kids know that playing in the Fargo Dome is, is pretty special in itself. Um, just the, the, the support, the fan base, uh, the, the, the volume, 
chance for, I mean, what, what, again, another weekend where families and friends will, will be here for our players. So I think, I think it's, it's probably – it'd be tougher if we were at U.S. Bank and then on the road. I think the fact that we're coming home uh, encourages our guys and, and we'll, we'll get them excited as we talk about, you know, home opener 2023. That was from uh, head coach Matt Entz. We will have more from the Bison football players as the week goes on. Be sure to stay tuned right here to Valley News Live as I cheaply plug my sportscast every night. Um, other Bison news, volleyball uh, moving up to 4-2 and two on the year. They actually got off to a 4-0 and start and then uh, fell to Dayton and Ohio after beating Butler in another tournament over the weekend. We're going to get to see them. Uh, yeah, the, they, they the, fell to Dayton and Ohio in Dayton, in Ohio. In Dayton, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> so those Ohio schools, man, they'll get you. Uh, but no, no, the Bison finally gets to play at home coming up this weekend, so we're excited to see that. And big-time shout-out to Kelly Johnson, the setter for the North Dakota State Volleyball team. She has passed uh, 3,000 career assists. She's creeping up on her head coach, Jennifer Lopez, yeah. every day. So um, soccer is now 2-2-2 two, two, and two on the season. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Uh, they beat Coastal Carolina and tied the Citadel which is two very fun games. Um, but yeah, so. Both in South Carolina, Conway and Charleston. So they get that in. And I have about five straight home matches coming up. That's got to be rare. I That's can't remember lot. the last time I've had five consecutive home games for North Dakota yeah. State. Then they, have, so. then they have three straight row games, North Dakota at home, South Dakota on the road, Denver at home, and then that's the end of the regular season. Wow. So that's it's cool. like, it is moving. And that's October 19th is the finale regular season. So oh it's, gosh, we're flying it's moving. That's in a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, a lot of games going on. <laughs> All right. Now let's hop in the car, take a drive up north about an hour on I-29. We're heading to Grand Forks. Uh, UND football started the year in the Alara Center, which ideal situation, and they got an ideal win, defeating Drake 55-7. Yeah. to seven. Now that final score is obviously nuts, but it could have been way, way crazier, because this game did not start off like we thought it would. No, it was a 0-0 into the first quarter. Now, to be fair, the first quarter was a minute and a half right. into into the um, the second quarter. Practically was, the end of the first quarter. Yes, which was a Tommy Schuster five-yard run, and it, but, you know, it was, a, it was a quick thing. But then the game started really, really opening up. We had a Quincy Vaughn receiving touchdown, which is always go. great. So uh, Hear more from his, for his uh, <laughs> transition to tight end on our website, ValueNewsLive.com, yep. and coming up later in this podcast. Uh, Tommy Schuster also uh, throwing a 23-yard pass to Bill Belquist in the game. It was a lot, a lot of good games in here. Donovan Hunt getting a 58-yard rushing touchdown as well as a Gavin Zybarth 79-yard rush. Gavin Zybarth had – we were focusing on a bunch of different running backs coming into the season, and admittedly, Gavin Zybarth wasn't one of them. And then week one, he leads the team in rushing. First um, 12 seconds of the second half with the <laughs> touchdown, by the way. Oh, and Ridiculous. Donovan Hunt, that's the, uh, the transfer in from, I believe, Jackson State. That's his first uh, rushing touchdown, his first career touchdown – wearing green and white, so... Uh, he was Jackson State. Jackson State. I'm not <laughs> dumb. Great. I'm super good at my job. But no, you mentioned uh, Tommy Schuster a little bit there. 22 of 26, insanely efficient. 262 yards, three touchdowns. Former Moorhead Spud, Trey Feeney, got to see some action at quarterback pretty, for the first time. Pretty solid time. start, yeah. It, yeah, with, well, with uh, Quincy Vaughn's move to tight end, he is now second-string quarterback, so good news for our Spuds fans out there. And he went four, of, uh, four for five for 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Not bad for his first career action there. So, And uh, we talked about North Dakota State spreading the ball out. 
uh, UND spread the ball out. Ten different guys ca- uh, catching passes there. Yeah, that's a lot. When when you start your year off in such dominant fashion, and like you know they've played Drake before, they know. But this was this felt like a tone setter, and so we'll see how this goes uh, moving forward here. But uh, more some more stats from this one. Uh, Gavin Zybarth we mentioned led the way in rushing 112 yards there. Donovan Hunt with 65 yards on three carries is pretty insane. I imagine pretty they'll be getting him the ball a little bit more and two tuds. Um, Didn't catch any passes. Isaiah Smith, uh, another running back, did catch three for 30. So um, they are spreading it a little bit more around to right. that. Uh, Quincy Vaughn had two for 15, including his touchdown. And then Bo Belquist, who unsurprisingly is going to be wide receiver one he, on the team this he year. He had a but bullseye on his chest for this Seven game. for 110 and two touchdowns and a long of 24 and still getting 110. So <laughs> I'm, good game for I'm looking at this box at this box score. Everybody who caught a pass, their longest reception was double digits. That's how good this offense was. They, they, they didn't struggle too much. <laughs> it was good work for them. And uh, defensively was, was solid too. They had um, – one, two, three, four, five-ish, I think, tackles for losses. Uh, wow. Shockingly didn't get a sack in the game, interesting. which is interesting. And they uh, also uh, only had, I think it was two turnovers they recovered. One interception for a four-yard gain and then uh, one fumble recovery. So so they won by that many points without Drake turning over the ball and after a the scoreless first, uh, first yeah, quarter. Yeah, so, so. Only, only getting a couple of those and, right. uh, and no sacks. So so. Could see a little bit more of that coming up in week two against a team that I would say pretty easily is a more difficult opponent, which that's next week against Northern Arizona, which I will be up in that as yep, Devin yep. stays here uh, handling the main game. I got but, um, Maine. You got uh, uh, Northern Arizona. Get some big sky action again. Back-to-back yeah. weeks of the big sky team, which is fun. Uh, Northern Arizona in the um, unusually very forested part of the <laughs> desert state. So they play in that cool, fun dome. And that game, I remember, was uh, one of the most electric games of the season last year. Obviously, we weren't at the game because it was awfully far we away. We didn't make a trip to Arizona for that one. Next no, time. No, it was far. Next time. <laughs> Next time we'll go. I'll but, get it um, in the budget. Yeah, we, we, but we, we had the recording of that game and saw how ridiculous it was. And so it was cool to at least see how well that game went and how UND was able to pull out a really big win and was a great sort of start to the road that ended up being – that winning season, playoff season, and a team that very much in all right should be in the same spot, if not right. better. In fact, I'd be surprised if it wasn't better. Mm-hmm. And with having a nearly perfect week one against a vastly inferior opponent, clearly, that it you need to sort of bounce back and do it again this next week against a team that is very beatable before you go to Boise State and South Dakota State Ooh. both on the road, right. Those which are- is... About as tough as you can Such get. a tough stretch for UND there. Um, and it's for me, personally, it's always fun when UND goes up against their former uh, Big Sky rivals mm-hmm. there. That's kind of my biggest uh, draw there for Northern Arizona game. Uh, they, I think they played Idaho State either a year ago or a couple years ago. We're looking forward to that one, too. I just love the old Big Sky matchups. Um, some other UND action. The ice is down at the Ralph, and the team has been practicing. And so uh, UND hockey is gearing up. Um, we're going to be watching out for their media day coming up here. It should be in about a month, so we're getting uh, we're getting close to the start of yeah. some UND hockey. Of course, they're going to start the season with some exhibition action. One on. month and three days away we're, from the first exhibition. We are so close to hockey season. It's uh, getting there. Don't get me wrong, football season is my jam, but I also love hockey. Well, so it's let, kind of a. <laughs> let's not forget that UND has, and not counting the exhibition, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. Really, you could even say 11, 12 games. Mm-hmm. And all of that is still football season. So right. there's there's a lot of crossover here. Don't you worry. We got we got a lot of both. And that that's basically I'm, I, all those games are leading up to the Thanksgiving series, which mm-hmm. is 
uh, at least the last few years against Bemidji State, which uh, this year at home, which will be very exciting. But it's all it's all those games coming up, and just to have a lot of that coming in of sort of the fall hockey before we get into really like a deep December, January when it's actually frozen even more on the outside <laughs> than the inside. When the, when the when the hockey arena needs to be heated, yes, that's, that's when I know that we're indeed <laughs> in a frozen tundra. Yep, yep. No, I uh, I get that. Did I ever tell you back in uh, Alaska we, there was a high school hockey team that we used to cover? In the polar ice arena, I'm leaving this in. By the way, uh, in the they have to play indoors <laughs> because I don't know if you're the safe to play outside. The North Pole hockey team used to play in the polar ice arena, and there was no heat in the polar ice arena. Why would they? Do so that? it was 40 degree. It was 40 below outside, and then you go into an ice arena that is just as as cold as it is out there. The heating was the human bodies that were in there, <laughs> yeah. providing the, some heat naturally. That was all you can get. I, uh, yeah, no, so shout out to the Polar Ice Arena, and thankfully the Ralph is uh, is Ugh. has heat. Um, more UND action. Volleyball grabbed their first win. They beat Grambling State on Friday, and soccer won both of their games last week. They're now 3-2-1 on the season. So uh, that's in North Pole, by the way. I can see you looking up the Polar Ice yeah, Arena. No, just like... <laughs> Polar I think it's center? also that might be it. It's also like a skate uh, rink in the summer. Um, yeah, they don't even yeah, have an image of it. That sounds right. <laughs> Let me tell you, the hardest part was getting there. I could never remember where it was. All right, moving off of Interior Alaska Ice Arenas, uh, some other uh, other of our football teams in action. Uh, MSUM and Concordia, they both fell in very close games over the weekend. Of course, MSUM down in Wayne State. They actually played on Thursday, so I don't know why I said over the weekend, but that was a an eight-point game there, and then Cobber, the Cobbers losing I, in a one-score game in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So a, a couple of tough losses to open the year. But, again, it's the season-opening game. It's 31-28 like for the Coppers, but uh, they're gotcha, at home so again game this Saturday coming up at 1 o'clock. We're moving on to the playoffs in uh, um, the American Association. Yep. The FM Redhawks are playoff-bound, and that was something that we didn't think we were going to say for – quite a chunk of time this year well <laughs> preseason and in april and and which was also preseason but then right. in may and then halfway through june we were like oh well why would they not make the playoffs right then the next month and a half we said oh boy we're gonna have an awfully free late september yeah. and then it switched back up again and the red hawks have pulled off their longest win streak of the season still yep. ongoing at six games they are now into the playoffs that that starts up tomorrow, which will be this Wednesday and then yep. through the rest of this week and all the way through, I want to say September 21st or 22nd is the end of the finals finals of the whole playoff run, um, assuming that they would go that far, but somebody's going to. Right. And that whole stretch, trying to return back, get their way again and, and go. And uh, last season was Winnipeg in the first round. Uh, this year, Winnipeg is not good so Winnipeg right, is finishing right. I think the bottom of the division of the West yep and we're still not sure yet who's going to be the matchups because the way they do it is the top seed gets to choose the top seed is Kansas City it's gonna there's zero doubt it's Casey going to will be, be the top seed going into the playoffs and they are um we're not sure obviously who they would choose because we don't know what they're thinking but they might choose the Red Hawks because they've had their number Red Hawks did play them actually pretty well in their last series they yep. got their act together a little bit and played a better series against them. But KC has the best record going into the postseason of anyone in the league, and for them to choose them would make sense. Sioux City, Sioux Falls are the other two teams that are in the playoffs. Yep. Um, those three, including FM, those three together are basically separated by a game at most. Very, very tight. Those three teams have played 
pretty good baseball season. Uh, obviously, Red Hawks are playing probably the best right baseball yeah. of, of anyone. They've they've played an unbelievable last couple well, weeks. Well, so. they had they, it was bizarre because they lost those two pitchers early when they got called to major league teams. John Silviano re-aggravated that leg injury. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been dealing with injuries all throughout the bullpen. Dylan Thomas went to go play in Mexico for a little bit. He's back now, and he's been. A, a consistent offensive force mm-hmm. for the Red Hawks since then. John Silviano has also since come back. His first few games, I saw he knocked in some RBIs Thank too. Thank goodness so. for the Red Hawks. <laughs> that is a big, big plus back. He um, he was great. Red Hawks did a tremendous job on at least when I was just here Sunday, um, having a five nothing start in the first inning. Yeah. I mean, just just getting the ball moving, playing better, the pitching's been better. It's just. It's a lot of improvements, and I, and I get, which, you know, is fair to say, too, that finishing off the season against teams like Winnipeg and, like, uh, some lower teams right. in, in the East it is helpful, but you still have 100 games. Every team has 100 games. you got to win those, and, and for the Red Hawks, yes, it is a good opportunity, but you still have to close it out and finish right. well, and they close it out and finish well. And so to have that be, you know, going into the final game of the season yesterday and, and you know, presented with – even if you lose 17-0, you're still guaranteed a playoff spot. And even if you lose, you can still get the three seed. Right, yeah. Even with yeah. the how the other results may go, it's a pretty tremendous job over the last couple of weeks. Well, it was so wild coming into the week. They had to win. They just had to keep winning games to stay above Lincoln for fourth place. And now all yeah. of a sudden they're looking at the third seed. Again, those seedings might not matter because Kansas City might pick them to play uh, that first series anyway. But it, it's just been a ridiculous last six games. Ripping off six wins in a row in professional baseball, that doesn't happen very often. Which is why so. KC might not. Because even right. though they've had their number, I mean, They're you're hot. basically bringing in the buzzsaw, and Kansas City's played well, but not they haven't won that much recently as <laughs> right. as, uh, as Red Hawks. So that'd be, it'd be bold. They could do it, they but could. I, I don't know if they would. That might be a little too risky for them. But yeah, no, the Red Hawks looking for a repeat championship after winning their first American Association title a year ago. Uh, we'll see what happens when the playoffs get started this week. Mm-hmm. Of course, follow the action right here on Valley News Live. Now, we're going to go down to some high school sports here. Week two of high school footballs in the books. Our Minnesota teams decided to join the fray this week. Decided to. Like they had a choice with their schedule. But <laughs> They said, know. sure. <laughs> I we'll guess play. we'll play. Um, but no, looking back at some of the action from week two, of course, Friday Night Live is available on our website and social platforms, so you can see that and all the highlights in their glory for themselves. But uh, just taking a glimpse over what we saw, uh, Shanley, dominated uh hanging up a 50 burger against uh, another triple a team uh west almost fargo 60. so almost 60 yeah 57 to 14 the final mm-hmm. there from west fargo yeah they did it as the visitors too like it's two fargo teams essentially the same metro but to do that as in enemy territory against a, another team at that level is very impressive. So not a great start for West Fargo. This no, season. West Fargo starting the year zero and two. Shanley though in their quest to repeat as three A champs, starting the year at two and zero. Cheyenne also moving to two and zero on the year. They, they they won a much closer contest against uh, Fargo Davies, twenty one to fourteen. The final there. That's the second consecutive uh, one score game that uh, uh, Davies has been a part of. Uh, Of course, their season opener was a tight one against Mandan in the windiest game I've ever been to. (laughs) And then uh, uh, another close one against Cheyenne. Davies always kind of seems to be that team that we're kind of waiting to see take that next big step. But uh, no, they're still right in the thick of it as far as 
the playoff race is concerned because, again, we're two games into the season for our AAA teams. But uh, West Fargo, Cheyenne, and Shanley, those two teams have set themselves apart as far as the 3A standings go. Uh, moving down to AA, Red River starting the year at 3-0. and uh, Good news for the Rough Riders there. They're the, I believe, only team at that level to go to 3-0. and Of course, Fargo North was off this week. So uh, they did, they'll have a chance to move to 3-0 and this week when they play Wapton. But for now, the only 3-0 and team at that AA level is Grand Forks Red River. So a uh, big 23-12 to win over Wapton there. More action from up in Grand Forks. Fargo South defeated Grand Forks Central. Uh, we're going to call that the Demari uh, and Semenko game. He was out of control. We, some of the highlights that we had from that uh, game between Fargo South and Grand Forks Central were nuts. And I remember when you got back in the building, we, we had just gotten the highlights. And yeah. I was like, guess what the result of this play is? Demarion Semenko touchdown. Correct. Guess the result of this one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he had an incredible game. 34 nothing is an impressive win no matter what. Uh, Grand Forks Central has a not bad start to the season, but it's starting to slip a little bit with these few weeks in. And uh, it's tough. It, it's tough for them, but Fargo South looks like they can be a big deal team this year. Week five, I know we mentioned it last week. Week five is Fargo South, Fargo North. Yep. That's uh, I want to say I think it's at North. Yep. But um, that's sort of going to be the big game of the year now. So South looks to be a bigger and bigger team. And but how about Horace how getting about their first <laughs> win ever? They did it. They the, beat Devils Lake, who is zero and two. Horace moves to I think one and two, one and one in Double A. But uh. Pretty good for them. Good to see him get yeah. a win and, and, and have something good so far early. Of course, Horace's second varsity season ever. And so, like, yeah. to, and now they have that win out of the way. No seniors from last year. Correct. So it helps so, bring everybody uh, back. A good young crew there. And this one, that one's got to feel a little bit special for you. Of course, you did a story on them last year right before they kicked off their cool first ever varsity yeah. season. And, so. I, I mean, we're obviously not, you know, Picking favorites no, or having whatever no. team because obviously we have no connection to these. High that schools. would make the job a lot more difficult. Yes, if we were it, to... <laughs> it would be harder. But it, but it's cool to see a team you cover and to get to know more about them. And it's the same thing I had when when going out to cover Cavalier. Or, you know, yep. even Peter Howe going north. And it's it's different being able to cover these teams, at least with the ones that I've done myself versus ones even you've covered. Yep. But like to go cover those teams and see them do something. And even like this, where it's not a state championship, it's not an undefeated season, but just to get the first varsity win. That's something that is really difficult for a team that's into yeah. a pretty tough conference division class yeah. that has a lot of really tough teams and they've played really hard games and, and I mean even week one going up against Fargo North the team that is I mean right could very easily go and win the state championship and looking how um, Jamestown looked week one I mean they did they did beat Turtle Mountain fairly easily this week but even Jamestown who had this ridiculous run last season like maybe now it's North is sort of the big leader right. in double yep. and Playing them week one is tough, and so to horoscope against Devils Lake, who's a team that that is not particularly great, but isn't you know it is in the mix. Right. Well, and it's still you know that's it's a, one point it's, win. Right. It's still Incredible that's game. still an EDC contest. Yes, and, and, that's, so and that's, it's tough to win that. So right. it's good for Horace to go in and get a good win and get that down. And uh, Valley City's our last game in the Double A. Uh, they beat Watford City without too much trouble, thirty to nothing win. Uh, Valley City two zero now. They've actually had a pretty good start to their season out. Uh, West of us, and they it's have kind of a um, similar situation to what we saw last season with Valley yeah, City. They're, they're at they, Devils they, Lake next uh, this coming Friday, so that'll be a interesting game because that you know being on the road is a little tough. But Devils Lake not the best start to the season, right. so so it's red in, in the Double A level. It's Red River, uh, Valley City, and Fargo North and mm -hmm. Fargo South uh, with undefeated starts to the year. Something's obviously got to give. 
we'll see what happens. Well, this not week. this week. None of the undefeated teams That's play true. each other this Friday, so we won't, <laughs> we won't get to see the result this week. But it's coming. It's coming yes. eventually. Um, looking at uh, class single A from last week, Lisbon and Kindred three and O starts in Region One down there. So uh, good starts down there. Kindred finally gets a week off. They have had. Whew, a heck of a season opening stretch of games against Central Cass, then Cavalier, then Hillsborough Central Valley. Just smashing HCV too. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So uh, uh, much deserved break for Kendra coming up here. Lisbon has been it, it, just setting it on fire at that level with their 3 0 start. And now they're going out to Central Cass this week. That's going to be a, a matchup with a lot of eyeballs on it as well. So uh, those are the only two undefeated teams left standing in Region 1. In Region 2, there's only one undefeated team left. Mm-hmm. Langdon area and Moore Munich, uh, 3-0 on the season overall, 2-0 in uh, Region play. So we got some uh, good-looking teams to start the year off. And then real quick, just looking at the nine-man rankings for our Region 1 and 2 schools. Uh, for Region 1, Sargent County playing in their first ever year of nine-man. They're mm-hmm. off to a 3-0 and overall start. Uh, Winemere Lidgerwood, also 3-0. and It's not their first year of nine-man. <laughs> but yes, uh, yes. no, they're, they're also off to a 3-0 and start as well. And then a couple more. Uh, there's a battle of the undefeateds in Region 2. Uh, 3-0 North Prairie is going to be hosting 3-0 New Rockford Cheyenne tonight. So when, uh, New Salem Almont, which was the defending state yep. champs in the nine man, they had a solid. Uh, they had 44-6 to uh, win. They're 3-0 as well, so they're still starting their season off. And then I know we don't really talk about it a lot, but I just I just wanted to point it out because the score line was so insane. Okay. But in our six man okay. competition, we don't talk about them a lot. Right. But the six man competition, we had a real score of 95 to seven. My goodness. And I don't think I've ever seen a high school game here. Hit into the 90s before. That's no, that's very that's pretty impressive. incredible. So just wanted to shout that out. Of six man football is a, is a goldmine for scores like that. Though. I think it's crazy they allowed a touchdown. Right, that's the craziest <laughs> thing is that having 95 points and like I don't. Of course, I don't know when when they scored. We don't have a box score, right. but that's the biggest takeaway. Just like 95, like <laughs> what? Um, uh, jumping over to the other side of the river, the biggest uh, contest we had for the Minnesota schools, uh, Barnesville against DGF. They uh, Barnesville starting the year with a 14 to seven win there. So a uh, good start to the title defense there for the reigning AA state champions. Uh, Moorhead starting the year off with a win as well. So a couple of our local teams starting the year victorious over on the Minnesota side of things. We're, of course, going to keep our eye a little bit closer on Minnesota. And that does it for football. We're going to go ahead and move over to soccer, where last week I told you that Davies and Shanley were the only unbeaten EDC teams left. Well, this week I'm here to tell you Davies and Shanley are the only unbeaten EDC surprise, teams Surprise, surprise. Shanley with a couple <laughs> wins over the weekend. They are now 4-0-1. Davies up to 3-0. and They still haven't lost a regular season game since uh, September of 2020. So Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> uh, I'd say that's pretty good. But I did want to mention, though. Oh, yeah? Today mm-hmm. they play. Oh. So how about that? Davies and Shanley play today. Davies and Shanley play, and it's at Shanley. So, so someone's... Might, might have to cut this whole part out of the podcast then. We'll find out. <laughs> so I just want to mention that, that uh, those two teams are the only two unbeaten teams. And, of course, with a draw, they can both walk away remaining, yep. both unbeaten yep. teams. But... Uh, Either Davies is, or either we're going to have no teams left that have won every game. Right, right. (laughs) 
or uh, something different's gonna happen. So it's so when you're uh, so when you're if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday when it comes out, stay tune in tonight to Valley News Live to see who wins between Fargo Davies and Shanley. What a slate! West Fargo, West Fargo Cheyenne, Shanley Davies in the top two teams. Grand Forks, Red River, Grand Forks Central, and Fargo South versus Fargo it's North. A, it's rivalry day. It's rivalry day. day. <laughs> so how about that? Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. And even when you go out west to Bismarck Century play, I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, big-time matchups coming off on a Tuesday. How fun. Dickinson Williston is also yeah. a very fun game. Good games. Man, though. all right. Good day for soccer. Be sure to tune in tonight to Valley News Live to see some highlights. Um, checking in on the volleyball courts real fast before we go on to our overtime spotlight. There was a very interesting situation with the West Fargo schools um, <laughs> in volleyball. So Cheyenne goes into last week undefeated. Uh, they were off to, I believe, a 6-0 and start. Uh, West Fargo hands their rivals their first loss of the year in a five-set contest. And then, all of a sudden on Friday night, Horace defeats West Fargo. So volleyball is just absolutely wide open. Uh, there is one undefeated team left in the EDC. Fargo North started the year at 9-0. and What a year for Fargo North Athletics right now. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, not bad. I know it's not bad. Uh, we're going to move into our overtime spotlight of the week. Jack, we're finally telling the whole story here. Uh, we've talked, uh, we've mentioned this on this podcast a lot because it was the most interesting storyline for us moving into the weekend. Mm-hmm. Quincy Vaughn's move to tight end. Tell us a little. We call bit. Quincy the humble beast. This six foot four, two hundred fifty pound Canadian is as humble as much as a beast. We used to work out in this gym where the chalk that they had was sidewalk chalk you used to put on your fingers, and we would just say good and humble. Um, and so when I came back here, kind of just tried to instill that. I didn't really try and put it on anybody, but whenever things were tough or things weren't right you just stay humble uh that's the way you got to keep it you know highs lows you know you just got to stay humble throughout the whole thing the former backup quarterback made the switch from mostly throwing the ball to catching it now a tight end for his senior season he's going to be a guy we can play every down at tight end and be okay with it and he's got some versatility there as far as playing inline tight end or also splitting him out and playing receiver um i think anytime you got a guy like that that's a mismatch at, at 250 pounds and kind of run and move around and um that's going to help our offense. I kind of expected that, you know, he, he was a really smart quarterback. So when you kind of have knowledge of the game, you're able to, you know, move to a different position and uh, pick stuff up pretty easily. While learning the catching side wasn't too tricky, blocking was a whole other game for Vaughn. You know, as a quarterback, you kind of want to be able to see over the line and be a little taller. But as a tight end, when you're blocking these big guys, like the guys we have up front and the guys we're going to play this season, you got to have a good, strong base. Um, definitely blocking has been the hardest. Vaughn now suits up and gets ready with the rest of the Fighting Hawks for game one this Saturday against the Drake Bulldogs back home at the Alaris Center. I guess I'm just a humble beast, so I just got to stay that way and keep pushing. With the Fighting Hawks, Jack Wallace, Valley News Live Sports. Thank you to the UND football team for giving us some time up there for media today. Jack, kind of, uh, you were very excited about the uh, answers you got from the interviews for this one. I know you had kind of a hard time cutting them down a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, uh, hearing in it, of course, the, the couple of times of, of saying how he was the humble beast was yeah. just very funny. I've um, never heard that phrase <laughs> once in my entire life, and I heard it at least three or four times in your interviews. And, so. and, and now we're using it. So yeah, no, that's that, his that has name. Been adopted. But it's, <laughs> it, it's cool to see the progression of that and how supportive the team is because you see guys like Tommy Schuster, that how the players described him and how sort of as we know him as this stoic like mm-hmm. get to the game doing his thing like methodical quarterback that is very very efficient in what he's done he was very efficient last season i mean yeah. we saw the stats of game one yeah you, you can't yeah, get he's more right back to it this that. week <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's got year. it down and then you have quincy who was sort of the big bruiser on the line and got a lot of touchdowns that way and now is 
using that more for blocking and then which he you know talked about that was a struggle which makes sense that's a very different thing yeah. to do especially from a quarterback perspective and well catching made more sense to him and makes sense because that that's sort of his bigger skill set that he has down but right. it was neat to see it was interesting to see sort of how that works um always great to go up there uh danny freund at, at um at offensive coordinator is always a, a wonderful person to talk to he's yep. he's fantastic and I'm, I'm glad you decided to talk to the the mad scientist there to with his uh with some of the offenses yeah, offensive they, schemes that he comes up they got with. some crazy stuff and so it's it's cool to see uh und football is always a sort of a fun project to look at we'll see what this season holds for und and mm-hmm. we never know what's going to happen any given week that's why we play the games and so we will see what goes on there but yeah no it's a a fun new role with a fun offense and it was a that was a fun story and i'm glad we yeah. finally got to tell it it's one of our more, uh, one of the ones that we've had circled for a while just because we think it's fun to see a quarterback switch over to tight end. You don't see that very, very often. odd. Well, thank you for joining us for this edition of Values Live Sports Overtime. We're, of course, going to be right back to it this week. Uh, Bison player sound coming up tonight on Value News Live at 6 and 10. So hear from them about their win from Eastern Washington la- against Eastern Washington last week and what they have to do as they prepare to play at home against Maine. The American Association playoffs begin. Um, we'll we'll see where the matchups land. The Red Hawks unfortunately don't have a whole lot of control because Kansas City holds that key there with being able to choose their own team. So we'll see who where the Red Hawks go and who they play. So stay tuned there for that. And of course, Friday Night Live back in action. We're still kind of finalizing our rundown. We don't have that. We have a lot of interesting games that we want to cover. Again, uh, uh, I'll just list off some that uh, I can think of right off the top of my head here uh Fargo South and Shanley of course that's one that uh we're uh very very interested in Davies or uh Davies is going out to play Bismarck I imagine our friends at K-Fire TV will be able to help us out with that both West Fargo schools hosting Bismarck schools Cheyenne against Century that one's very interesting in, rematch in the playoffs, uh, playoff playoff season with that big time upset exactly and yeah. then uh west fargo and legacy one of those teams is going to leave with their first win of the season so that's just at the 3a level uh at double uh, a fargo north going up against wapiton uh red river looking to move to 4-0 at turtle mountain uh jamestown against grand fork central there as well class single a lisbon looking to continue their hot hot start at central cast Carrington at Thompson's an intriguing matchup. Uh, Grafton at Cavalier. There's just a lot to watch out for. So we're going to get that uh, Friday Night Live lineup finalized. But for now, the, the, we're, we're casting a wide net. Yeah, we got a <laughs> lot. The only one team undefeated in Region 2 in 11 single is Langdon Edmore Munich. They go to rugby who's still winless. So that game, unfortunately, very far away. But, yes, yeah. Uh, but, but Langdon hopefully will get to a, a closer team so we can We'll see if more, I but. anybody in rugby with a cell phone who wants to be on Valley News Live, <laughs> send me highlights. Just right. keep recording. This is Devin.Fry at ValleyNewsLive.com. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that does it for another uh, edition of Valley News Live Sports Overtime. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on TV.